Impatience was a disease that infected us all. The air in the entrance hall of Number 16 Park Street Mayfair thickened as Matt Cyclops, Willie and I stared at Kronos, who stood just inside the threshold. My grandfather! I felt as though I ran a fever, with my trembling hands and skin alternately hot and cold. My head may as well have been suffering from the fog of a fever for all its sudden lack of clarity. I'd had questions moments before, so many questions, but they'd fled, and only two clear thoughts remained. Kronos was my grandfather, and we'd found the man who could fix Matt's magic watch. Willie recovered from her shock first. She patted Matt's waistcoat at his chest and muttered, Where is it? Show it to him! Matt closed his hand over his cousin's. We have a guest, Willie. There'll be time for that later. We ain't got time to play tea parties, Matt! He plucked her hand away and kept it enclosed in his. She winced. Mr. Steele, Matt said with a tone that fell just shy of being pleasant thanks to the strain in his voice. We dine in a little over an hour. Will you join us? Kronos looked over his shoulder at the formidable figure of Cyclops standing with his arms crossed over an enormous chest. His good eye drilled into Kronos, and the scar dripping from beneath the patch over the other eye would make most men think twice about attempting escape. Kronos cleared his throat. <clears throat> I would be delighted. You English and your goddamn manners, Willie scoffed. Matt's not English, I said automatically. He's been around you too long, India. It's brought out the English half of him. Come on then, Matt. Let's go to the drawing room so Kronos can look at your watch before dinner. I had a quick word with Bristow to set another place for dinner and to inform Miss Glass. Ever the unruffled butler, he moved silently toward the service stairs at the back of the house. Matt waited for me at the door to the drawing room, the others having gone in ahead of him. His eyes were bright and his breathing a little fast as he held his hand out to me. Are you all right, India? He asked as I took his hand. Somewhat overwhelmed, but I'll recover. And you? He placed my hand in the crook of his arm and covered it with his own. I had no idea until now that it was possible to feel both numb and thrilled at the same time. We entered the drawing room together to face the man with the power to bring Matt back to full health. I had no idea where or how to start, but it was Kronos himself who broke the silence. I didn't get to finish my ale at the cross keys before your man accosted me. Matt tugged on the bell pull and Peter the footman appeared a moment later. A brandy for Mr. Steele, he said, and the footman left again. Willie slid a round occasional table next to a winged chair and moved the vase of flowers from its surface to another table. She slapped the chair's backrest. Sit, Mr. Steele. You've got work to do. Kronos tensed. His gaze flicked to Matt. Sit! Willie grabbed Kronos's arm and forced him down onto the chair. Have you got your tools? If not, India can lend you hers. Willie, Matt chided. Give him a few minutes to settle, Mr. Steele. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I hope Cyclops wasn't too forceful. Kronos rubbed his shoulder. He was insistent. Cyclops apologized. I asked nicely, he added. The first two times. Why didn't you want to come? Willie asked. 
Kronos sank into the chair. He looked small within its bulk, but not frail. I calculated dates quickly in my head. He was seventy-one, and he looked it with the multitude of wrinkles and a cloud of wispy white hair. Considering his age, having Cyclops order him into a carriage must have been frightening. So why resist? Your servant is certainly loyal to you, Mr. Glass, Kronos said. Cyclops is a friend, not a servant, as is Duke, Matt added when Duke entered behind Peter. Willie is my cousin. The footman deposited a tray on the table, then bowed out. He shut the door behind him.